You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. It's your co-host, Danny. Fans, we got a good show for you today. Listen, we're going to talk about the NBA, a little bit about the NFL, especially with the NFL draft and the historic NFL trade. Uh, then we have an interesting trading card scenario. But first, Danny, we got to talk about our Milwaukee Bucks taking this L uh, against the Miami Heat here in game number four. Uh, where the Milwaukee Bucks were up, actually 14 points in the fourth quarter, gave it up to the Miami Heat, uh, losing 119 to 114. Uh, Miami Heat actually taking the three games to one series lead. And, oh boy, what in the hell happened, Danny? Uh, Giannis comes back from injury, uh, goes for a triple-double, 26 points, 13 assists, 10 rebounds. Uh, two blocks, uh, but he did have six turnovers, uh, a little rush there. Rick Lopez leads the effort here for Milwaukee with 36 points. Uh, and then you have the likes of Drew Holiday with 14 points. But, man, what happened to Chris Middleton? Uh, 14 points, uh, had eight assists, uh, six rebounds. But nonetheless, uh, Bucks went ahead and take, the, take this L. Danny, there's so much here to talk about, um, but we have to – really sending this around the awesome performance by Jimmy Butler, uh, who ended up with 56 points, uh, nine rebounds. Uh, man, this is an awesome effort. He kept the Miami Heat in the game, especially in the first quarter, uh, where he actually scored 22 points in the first quarter. I don't know what kind of defense the Bucks were playing against him in the first quarter, for that matter, throughout the game. And even for that matter, throughout the series, but nonetheless, man, 56 points by Jimmy Butler, uh, he gets it done. Uh, what say you about this game, Danny? Bucks let this one slip away. That's all you really could say. They uncharacteristically just fell apart at the end. The efficiency of Miami in those last six minutes, where they scored on 12 of their 13 possessions, they made some tough shots. It wasn't like they had all open looks, but besides Jimmy Butler. Caleb Martin came up big for Miami in that run. And then Kyle Lowry's defense as well. He played, he didn't score much, but he played really good defense in the end, which caused some of those turnovers to get Miami back in that game. You look at Miami's undermanned and who they're playing with and who they're throwing out there. But in game three, Giannis didn't play, but Duncan Robinson, which we mentioned last show, you can't have you can't let these guys that haven't really been doing much get off and get confidence. And Caleb Martin had a decent game in game three. It's not like he's killing the stat sheet, but he's doing enough, man. He's playing great defense. He's attacking the basket. He had a couple big threes yesterday. The Bucks still have a shot here, in my opinion, because they have two home games. Mm-hmm. So they come back to Milwaukee for game five. Miami's going to be tired. So this is where the Bucks bench needs to step up and support the the off uh, the starting five 
And look at Brooke Lopez, man. He had a heck of a game, 36. Yeah. And yeah. that's what he should be doing. He should be destroying Miami because he's the biggest man on the floor. And he, you waste that type of performance to go down 3-1. But like I said, I'm still skeptical of Miami because of these performances. Jimmy Butler put up 56. Historic, historic game. And I was just glad to be able to watch it, even though the Bucs lost, just to see what he was doing and how he carried that team to a victory. So I'm waiting to see what happens in game five and see if the Bucs can bring some energy and uh, actually make this 3-2. Hey, I have to say this, though. Uh, the rotation that Boonholzer has here, I mean, there was just so many, in my opinion, coaching blunders uh, in this particular game. Um, the lack of a timeout uh, during this run, especially in the fourth quarter, uh, the lack of playing time for Bobby Portis. He only played 13 minutes in this game, man. I think they could really use Bobby Portis more here. He scored five points. Mm -hmm. uh, Pat Connaughton had 21 minutes, uh, a good a good number of minutes for Pat. Where's uh, Jay Crowder? That was our huge acquisition, and nonetheless, Jake Crowder has not actually played, man. Uh, and to me, I think you need to start throwing some different bodies and different defensive looks uh, at Jimmy Butler because he has been destroying us the entire series. The other thing, coaching uh, bad move that Budenholzer made here was no adjustments defensively on Jimmy Butler. They kept going under the screen so many times over, and I, I would just call it out. Why are you going under the screen? He's hot. <laughs> He's on the shoot, pull up for a three-pointer, and he he would nail it. So the fact that they're going under on the screen uh, is one thing. Uh, Drew Holiday, even though he's, like, a great defensive uh, guard, I think you need to start throwing some more bodies, different bodies and different looks at Jimmy Butler. Uh, nobody else was really doing anything. Uh, Bam Adebayo actually had 15 points, but he was in foul trouble the whole game. I don't know, man. I, I think the Bucs can still do this, but they're going to have to go one game at a time. Mm -hmm. And they need to just focus in on this game number five, man. Uh, I think they will win it in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to stop it there, man, because they got to win three straight. They're capable of doing it. But their mindset is going to have to be different. And this bench is going to, I mean, this bench is going to have to do something for them. But, man, defensively, they're going to have to really make some huge adjustments here. If the Bucs do lose out in this first round, um, there's been only a handful of times where an eight seed has beaten the number one seed. You have to really start looking at over the past few years, with Giannis being one of the best players uh, in the league, what, two MVPs, a chip, MVP of the finals. But he's he's surrounded by some older players, Danny. I think he's got to get some younger legs in here. Nonetheless, but let's look at this, Danny. You have Chris Middleton, who has a $40 million option, player's option. I don't think he's going to get in a long-term contract not after this performance. And I think he's going to have to be one of those where he uses the player option, improves himself, next year in order to get a longer term deal. So Chris Milton is, is up here. Um, then you get you have Elijah Brooke being a free agent. You you got some 
key players who are free agents, Danny. So I don't know what the Bucks do, but they may need to really start looking at Budenholzer and the coaching job that he has done uh, and maybe start making some changes there. What say you about this roster? First, back to your Jay Crowder point, I think he he knows Jimmy Butler. He played on the Miami Heat. He knows how Jimmy Butler plays. So why aren't you using him, at least for a few minutes? Because Jay Crowder at least is going to rough him up. And those are fouls you can sacrifice. Instead of one of your starters, put Jay Crowder on him, bring Jay Crowder off the bench. And give him just give him a different look. So we'll see if Bud does that in game five. I'm not sure if he will, but he should. Uh, as far as the roster is concerned, and the guys, they have really good camaraderie from what we can see from the outside. So you don't want to do anything drastic. And that was what we talked about, like the trade deadline. And even last year in free agency, you don't want to do anything wild and crazy because you have, you know, what you have in place. And if they do keep the roster together, then it's Coach Bud that may be the one on the chopping block. But then who do you bring in? And that's where you'll have to see who's available and who, because it's going to be a job everyone wants. Mm -hmm. It's not like Milwaukee in the past where no one wanted to come to the small market and coach this team. This team is built for a championship. And they'll have a number of uh, people who will want to interview for this position if they do go the route of getting rid of Bud, depending on what happens in this playoff run. It's not over yet, so we're over. just talking talking hypotheticals. But if it does happen, yeah, I think it's it may be time for a change, especially losing to an undermanned Heat team the way they are. Crazy. Not only that, but you can look at you have Brooke. Uh, as a free agent, Jake Crowder, free agent, Joe Ingles, uh, free agent, Wesley Matthews. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if Boonholzer puts Wesley Matthews out there in game five as an extra body against Jimmy Butler, that is just going to be laughable, man. And what I mean by that is if that's the best that you can do from a coaching perspective, then there's something else going on there. And I'm wondering, I'm really starting to wonder if he, if Bud has actually lost the, the locker room. Yes, the Bucks have the number one record in the NBA, uh, which would mean that they're intact, but it could be really despite Bud, quite honestly. Um, so we'll see what happens here. But man, if the Bucks lose, man, that would be a huge disappointment. I think the other thing, too, though, with this is with Giannis getting hurt, that spun this whole series on its head and him coming back last night. And some of this, you know, it is on Bud, but then some of it's on the players not executing because some of the plays they made at the end of the game, Bud can't help them dribbling into double, double, uh, double teams and turning the ball over and missing. They had how many wide open looks last night in that? little stretch during at the well, last three minutes of the game where they had like, I think it was like four or five offensive rebounds and they just kept missing. Bud can't help that. So if, if the players aren't executing some of that, they got to take some of that heat too. True enough. But here's the thing that Bud could have done though. You drew some more plays. The pick and roll action between uh, Brooke and Giannis was unstoppable. 
I don't know mm-hmm. why you just don't go to that to death. Basically, <laughs> that's something that they can't stop. So I would have just gone to that, just call that play consistently. I mean, you can do it in the middle of the court. You could do it on the mm-hmm. side. I mean, you could have really went to that to just to get some buckets, just to help alleviate the the run here. Um, and so I don't know, man. To me, some coaching debacle uh, moments here but I mean nonetheless uh, we take this L and Danny the Lakers with a game number four victory against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies 117-111 an awesome performance here that the game actually went into overtime Uh, I know I didn't stay up for the game I did (laughs) but you did (laughs) what say you about your late show they got lucky these last two games to uh, win the way they did. So they had substantial leads in both of these in games three and four. And for them to close it out is to their benefit, of course. But they made they made you stay up and sweat as a Lakers fan, I'll tell you that. And John Morant and game three, especially, he that dude is something else, man. When he can get going, like in that game three, he put up 22 straight points in the fourth quarter, and it was 45. And the Lakers were winning that game 35 to 9 at one point. And they let the Grizzlies back in the game. And then last night they're up. And there was a sequence there of 52 or 53-40. And they De Rust or uh, D'Angelo Russell, D had an open three, missed it, goes down the other end, they get a and one. And that changed the whole momentum of the game where the Grizzlies went on these run, they go on these runs. And the Lakers, it kind of like knocks them off their feet a little bit. But Lakers ended up coming back and putting the game in OT. And then LeBron put up a 20-20. 22 points, 20 rebounds. If I'm looking at them in this game in Memphis, it's a game they got to close it out so they can get some rest. Because LeBron's putting up big minutes. Like last night, he put up 45 minutes. AD at 42. So they need some rest. So they need to close Memphis out and get this series over with and get ready for the winner of Sacramento and Golden State saying they win. And now, Danny, on to NFL, where big news here, uh, just as the Milwaukee Bucks lose uh, game four, the state of Wisconsin loses Aaron Rodgers in a trade to the New York Jets, and where finally this trade happens, has been talked about for some time, uh, and where the Jets actually uh, gave up 2023 second round pick, a first round pick swap uh, for this year, uh, a 2024 conditional second rounder that can improve to a first rounder if Aaron Rodgers plays in 65% of the snaps. I think that the Packers actually could have done better. I know people are saying, oh, the Jets gave up so much. No, not really. When you think about it, in my opinion, they really just swap picks the first round in this upcoming week's draft. So now instead of the 15th pick, the Green Bay Packers has the 13th pick. And Jets have now the 15th pick. It's a pick swap. No biggie there in my opinion. But in terms of the second round pick for this year, okay, that's a good pickup for for the Packers. But let me just say, man, I, I just I think that the Packers could have gotten could have gotten more. I mean, we're talking about what a three, three-time MVP, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, 
definitely a future Hall of Famer. Yes, on the backside of his career. Um, but I think he has about two, three more years left, especially if you have a good offensive line to protect him. Um, I think this does make the New York Jets better, uh, make them better significantly, actually. Uh, I just don't think, though, that the Packers got nearly enough. Um, I could, I was hoping that they would get a couple more picks out of this. Um, but nonetheless, man, the New York Jets gets their quarterback. The Packers uh, are done with this, uh, in their eyes, probably a headache. Uh, let me just add this to Danny. I'm not a fan of the Packers front office. Mark Murphy and Gunnikus, I am not a fan. Uh, but they wanted their own quarterback for some time, thus them drafting Jordan Love, who's been sitting, waiting uh, for this opportunity. And so we'll see what happens here. I think it's going to be interesting to see how he plays this year. So what say you about this trade, Danny? Thank goodness it's done. <laughs> it's taken forever. The Packers missed the window. Boy, they could have cleaned up on a trade package for Aaron Rodgers two years ago where he was rumored to go to Denver. Um, he would have been out of the NFC and, you know, follow his boy Hackett over to Denver. But I think they could have fleeced Denver big time on that deal. And this one, yeah, because next year's pick is conditional depending on how many snaps, if he does like 65% of the snaps or something. It's great for the Jets. They they went all in on this as far as they let everyone slip by and didn't do anything because they had their man. And he he goes into a team, he goes with a team that has some talent. They're young. So I'm very curious. It's, it's kind of similar to what he had in Green Bay, but the running backs are younger in, in New York. So Brees Hall, he was coming off an injury. He's a really good running back. And uh, and then receiving core, they did bring they did bring Lazard in to help him out. But their defense is pretty good. But he's in that AFC. I just can't wait to see watch a game and see his mannerisms. If they're the same as they were the last couple of years with Green Bay. If he's sitting over there snapping on people and rolling his eyes and <laughs> all that good stuff, we'll see what he does in how he performs, but it'll be a fresh start. And then from Jordan Love's perspective, he's had the the benefit to sit behind a quarterback for a while, and he should be ready. So if he comes out flat, I, I can definitely see Packer Nation. I know how you guys are, very reactive, uh, hitting that panic button really quick on Jordan Love. So I hope that brother come out. I hope he uh, performs right away for, for y'all perspective. And he is because there's going to be a lot of heat on him because they're br bringing back the same team. But I don't know about that offensive line. And if he's not getting protected, it's going to be a long year for Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Speaking of which, Danny, we have the upcoming NFL draft this weekend. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Um, a lot of uh, talk here about who's going to be number one, et cetera. And we'll get to this in our trading card scenario. Um, but let me just say this. I think that uh, the NFL does it right when it comes to the draft in terms of now going from city to city. Uh, and where this year, I believe it is in uh, Kansas City. Uh, it's going to be interesting, man. Uh, you know, it's always fun to kind of watch the first night, uh, at least, of the NFL draft. But there's a lot of hopes and dreams and a lot of hard work that uh, these young uh, professionals have put in 
um, some of the young professionals have put in. And we'll see what happens here, Danny. But I just think that these trades, I, I'm hoping to see trades in, in the midst of the first round. We'll see. They've had plenty of enough time to actually figure out who they want, interviews, do their investigations, because you know the NFL does that, all that stuff. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. What say you about the NFL draft? Jason, I think there could be a lot of movement in this draft just due to the number of quarterbacks and potential with some of the teams and who needs a quarterback and who does not. So there's a lot of smoke screens being sent right now from teams. Uh, example, Houston, if they're going to take a quarterback or not. Arizona should not be taking a quarterback, so there may be some movement there at three. And some of these other teams are saying they're not taking a quarterback. And who slides and who does not. So Anthony Richardson's a hot name. Where is he going to go? So I'm very curious to see where some of these players land. Uh, from my Falcon standpoint, we're sitting at eight. And if someone slides down, man, they're in a, a prime position where if they need to go up a, a spot or two, they can do that. But then they also could fall back and grab a couple more picks because ultimately for us, they need a corner, edge rusher, can't, can't help, uh, can't hurt to get another offensive lineman. The receiving, the receivers in this draft, I think they they can wait till second round. They do need a receiver, but I would not reach for a receiver in this draft. Uh, so, yeah, man, just looking forward to that. And then also, man, something we brought up in the past, I'm curious to see some how the HBCU players and if they're selected and where they're selected and when, um, because that was a big topic and it's always been a big topic in the NFL draft from the HBCU perspective. And so we'll be definitely keeping an eye on that and hoping their names are called as well on draft night. And now, Danny, on to our trading card scenario. Who we got? So, Jason. Our trading card scenario tonight is Bryce Young's Panini Prism rookie card for CJ Stroud's Panini Prism rookie card. A couple quick bios. Uh, Bryce Young went to Alabama, six foot, 194, Heisman Trophy winner in 2021, 8,356 yards passing, 80 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. CJ Stroud went to Ohio State, 6'3, 215. Third in the Heisman voting this year, 8,123 yards, 85 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Jason, who do you want in your portfolio? This is an easy one, Danny. Uh, I'm going to say that historically, uh, Ohio State quarterbacks haven't done well in the NFL. Uh, these Alabama quarterbacks have gotten some consistent playing time. Uh, and they come from a pro system, um, not only on the field, but even off the field. Same thing for Ohio State. Ohio State has, you know, a uh, good reputation for for their facilities, et cetera. But, man, Alabama, I mean, anytime you play in the SEC, um, you have the facilities, uh, you have the program, and you're known nationally, and you have a his history of – Alabama quarterbacks playing in the NFL, I'm going that route. I'm going Bryce Young, he, easy. 
Okay. Well, Jason, I'm going to go on the other side of this. <laughs> I'm looking at Bryce Young, man. Talented. The thing I, I look at when I compare him to Stroud is Stroud's a bigger quarterback. And Stroud, they never really showcased his running ability until he played in that game against Georgia. So really, when at Ohio State, he just throw him, and why not? Hell, he had, or he had the top receivers in the Big Ten, and they're loaded. And that's where you get it gets tricky with quarterbacks like from Alabama, Ohio State, because they're loaded at the receiver. So it's really hard to dissect them and really understand how they are and how they um, – perform under pressure and things like that because they have a lot of talent on the teams. But I'm looking at Stroud, and I think his game may translate better to the pro game. He's a bigger quarterback. He can throw deep. Uh, I think he has about the same accuracy as Young, but but I'm looking at him, and I think as of now, I think he has a little more untapped potential that can be crafted in the NFL versus Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young coming day one is that dude. But I think over time, I think that's where C.J. Stroud right now, he's kind of flying under the radar. He's dropping in drafts because um, there's rumors all around about this testing and all this other stuff. But all in all, I look at him, and if he can incorporate more of that scrambling ability, you know, when he's in the pocket, I think he can be a good quarterback um, overall. So I'm going to take a a shot here and go with CJ Stroud in his rookie card. Thank you for joining us at Back Porch Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.